The upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production. And now for something completely different. Hey, I was, I'm a Hall of Famer. I'm in three Halls of Fame. For the young fans, they don't give a damn. They just give a damn about themselves and what they're hearing now. And I got no problem with those rules. I know the rules going in. I'm happy to play the game that way. And when Ivan came off with that uh, knee drop from the top rope and he bent me, I thought that something happened. I couldn't hear a thing. You could have heard the pin drop in that arena. It touched me so deeply that when I went in the dressing room, I really felt depressed. I'll tell you that, I'll tell you right to his face. If it's Hogan and I, if he wanted to get in a real street fight with me, trust me, he would lose, and he knew it. You know, that's the other thing. They give you the belt, and they're like, okay, you're in charge of me. I was like, what? When you mentioned a guy like Harley Race, that kind of legendary status, it's obvious why people would get upset. Or as I'm concerned, Roddy Piper was not a wrestler. He wasn't even a good worker. If he had to go out and work his way to the top and not have good friends like Jim Barnett. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying he's not a good guy. He's just not a tough guy. Bro, I swear to you, I don't have an ego. Like, I don't give a crap. I, that stuff is not important to me. People don't know me. They have no idea of who I am. They know of me as being a fictional character that they saw on TV. People didn't understand that, you know, the guy they saw in the ring that happened to be using his real name and happened to actually be the president of the company, they really believed that that guy that they loved to hate was actually a pretty decent guy. And I think many people have the perception that I really was that character. Welcome to the two-man power trip of wrestling. I'm your host, JP John Paz. With me today, very special guest. He is, of course, the founder and creator, the project designer of Smashverse, a.k.a. the Wrestling Metaverse. He is River Tamor Beg, a.k.a. the People's DGen. Welcome to the two-man power trip, River. How are you doing? Hey, John. Yeah, I'm doing very well. Thanks for having me on. Really, really excited as a, you know, as, as a wrestling fan. It's great to be on my first wrestling podcast. <laughs> Wow, really? I'm surprised by that because I know you're obviously a huge fan. I'm surprised that you haven't been on the, on the other wrestling shows. Uh, not yet, not yet. Um, we've been in discussions with a few others, um, you know. But I've been on plenty of gaming shows, crypto shows, NFT shows, etc. Oh, we'll we'll definitely get into some of that stuff because I even need to like learn about you know some of the uh, the NFT stuff, but. Before we get to that, like, what's been going on lately? What's going on in your world? What's keeping you busy? Holy crap. <laughs> That's a good question. Um, so, you know, we're, we're, an, we're kind of like a hybrid NFT crypto game, you know, focusing on sports combat as like our main kind of like uh, gameplay design. So, um, you know, in the last kind of two months, the crypto world, you know, as it does, has fallen apart. You know, we've had various kind of... Um, uh, coins, etc., tank in price, and um, NFT sales have been going down as well consistently over the last couple of months. So, um, you, you know, we call this in in the crypto world the the bear market. Um, you know, it's where basically everyone's in hibernation mode and they're waiting for the bull market to come back so they can jump around like you know with bulls in a china shop. Um, you know, so in, in crypto world, like this is a it's a great time for people that are building. And just want to get their heads down, focus, no noise, um, you know, and, and that's where we are right now. You know, we're just heads down, you know, building both the game, getting you 
um, wrestlers, MMA fighters into the game um, and, and kind of, you know, doing a lot of um, um, kind of community engagement and getting feedback from the community about what they do and don't want to see in the game, etc. So, yeah, you know, bit, bits of everything have been keeping me busy. Now, tell us about the game, because obviously Smash First, uh, it's not just a profile pick, uh, like you guys like to say, but it's not a PFP. What is Smash First? Tell us all about it, and obviously the wrestling metaverse that it is. Uh, uh, sure, happy to kind of share more. Uh, you know, so this the whole kind of concept started based on the fact that, um, you know, in, in the kind of like NFT space, you know, you've got, you've got um, these profile picture projects. I'm sure some of you have probably heard of uh, the Bored Eight Yacht Club or, or the Bored Apes as they're called. You know, these these are kind of um, uh, NFTs which are just, you know, cartoon pictures of, of apes. Somehow they've ended up being worth, you know, $100,000 plus. Um, and, you know, in the space, basically, um, you know, you've got these types of NFTs for all sorts of communities. You know, you've got the, the anime NFTs, they're called Azuki, You've got the um, the hip hop NFTs. They're called Clone X, and then you've got like the um, the kind of like a party boy, you know, DJ NFTs called the Bored Apes. Um, and, I, and I felt like it didn't really fit in any of those communities. You know, I, I felt like you know um, uh, none of them quite resonated with me um, as I would have wanted to. You know, and it didn't warrant for sure paying you know upwards of ten, twenty, fifty thousand dollars to buy into them either. Um, so I, I felt there was something missing for people like myself, which are, you know, sports combat fans, you know, professional wrestling fans. Um, you know, I, I watch AEW, you know, every Wednesday, every Friday. And um, I, I wanted to, like, join a community that had a similar, um, you know, similar interest as me and wanted to kind of talk about wrestling, etc. Um, and, you know, and also liked crypto and, and NFTs like I did as well. Um so that's kind of what inspired me to kind of create it. And, you know, like the whole thing's kind of um, snowballed into, into, you know, what it's become today, which is, you know, we're, we're over 40 staff. Um, and, you know, we're working with some, some fantastic wrestlers, legends of the, of the game. Um, and, you know, we're quite, we're quite excited to kind of reveal some of the, the kind of um, the PFP artwork, the profile picture artwork, and also some of the other kind of um, uh, uh, exciting, um, you know, gameplay kind of mechanics we've been working on that will kind of, you know, essentially take wrestling into a new age. Um, you know, where, you know, very specifically, I'm, I'm probably going to answer one of, one of the questions you're going to ask later, John, is, um, you know, um, very specifically what I felt has been lacking in, in like the, the wrestling game genre in particular has been um, the games keep getting more and more serious and more and more realistic and, and become less and less fun um, over time. And that kind of bothered me as a, as a fan, you know, I, I grew up playing No Mercy, um, Here Comes the Pain. Um, you know, some people might not remember uh, WWE Attitude on, on the PS1. I bloody love that game. Um, you know, and, and what I loved about them was that they were just, they were just games, right? That was it. And nowadays, the the latest kind of wrestling games they feel more like simulations. It feels like I'm watching The Sims or or Tycoon Rollercoaster Tycoon. You know, things that take a while to happen in terms of the animations, um, the 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 combat moves, etc. And you know, it looks real and it looks beautiful, but it just doesn't, it just doesn't feel fun. So 
you know, that's something that we've been kind of very like conscious of in terms of um, what we feel there's lacking in the market, which is a, a fast paced, fun kind of, you know, game inspired by wrestling, um, but not kind of limited by wrestling um, in terms of the realism of it all. But yeah, hopefully that kind of gives you a bit of a flavor of, of Smashverse, why we're setting it up and, and kind of, you know, some of the, the community-based and, and gaming-based kind of rationale. Funny you mentioned No Mercy because, man, that game was awesome. Me and my friends used to always play. I just love that game. And you go back, you look at it, you know, that's like 20 years ago or whatever it was, and, and still talk about how great that game was and how fun it was. So, I mean, just goes to show you that not because the games are advanced and they have great technology that makes them the best. No, you know, you got to be fun, and there's got to be fun things to do in the game, right? Yeah, exactly. You you gotta let people get carried away and just do silly stuff, right? That's why we play games is to forget about life and forget about the day to day mundane kind of stuff. You know, we 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 play them to kind of escape and and go into a new world. Um, and I feel like you, you know, and it's not just an issue with wrestling games. You know, um, the the UFC game is very similar as well. It's just become so real that it just doesn't feel like it's it's fun and enjoyable to play anymore. Um, you know, it's kind of something that, you know, we've been very conscious of. It's like one of those things where like, oh, I could probably just watch this, you know, it looks so realistic. I could just watch it rather than play it. You know what I mean? You could watch it on TV or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. And, then, and at that point, you, why don't you just watch it? You know, just watch SummerSlam, watch Bloody, um, you know, SmackDown or Raw instead of kind of, you know, pretending to, you know, pretending to play it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So was that kind of the, just the main impetus of why you wanted to do it, though? It's like, man, wrestling games just, uh, you know, they haven't been great lately. I mean, there's you know nothing like, obviously, like No Mercy and like the classic games of the past. So is that kind of just really the, the real reason why you wanted to do it? Uh, I mean, I'm a fan, right? I played, played the, you know, played the genre when I was a kid. Um, you know, I want to make it exciting again. You know, it's, it's simple as that. Um, you know, I mean... I get to meet my favorite wrestlers, which is pretty cool, you know, as, as part of, as part of the journey, um, you know, yeah, that's it. There's, you know, I, I could, I couldn't, I couldn't make up any other answers other than the ones that I had. <laughs> so who have been, you've been able to meet, who have you been able to work with? Maybe who have you been able to sign up? Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, we've revealed a few names so far. Um, I, I, I couldn't reveal any that we've signed and, and haven't revealed publicly just yet. Um, you know, but some of the guys that we've got um, include like Scarlett Bordeaux. You know, I think she just went back into the WWE, which is pretty cool. Good, you know, congratulations to her. Um, Al Snow, who's you know obviously a legend from from the um, you know late '90s, early 2000s. Um, you know, Aaron Stevens, also known as Damian Sandow, who was you know in WWE for I think almost a decade actually. It's quite, it's quite scary how long Aaron Damian Sandow was actually in WWE. Um, despite never really getting a push until towards the end um, or towards the middle of his, of his career. Um, you, you know, we, we've got the Blue Mini, you know, classic from like the late late 90s. Um, you know, he's, he's, still, he's still around doing his podcast, etc. Um, and, and there's a couple of active legends that we've been in, uh, you know, kind of working with as well that we'll be revealing over time. Um, you know, and I, I was joking with um, what, what our VP of licensing about this the other day. Uh, the the biggest issue we've had is uh, Mr. Tony Khan picking up pretty much every single big <laughs> talent that we, that we've gone after. You know, um, yep. You know, we were we were going after Claudio. Tony picked him up. We were going after Jeff. 
quality picks him up. You know, we were going after uh, Diona Perzo. Claudio picked him, not Claudio, um, Tony picked him up. Uh, yeah, you know, um, for, you know, we, we, internally we've got a joke, which is the, uh, you know, any talent that we approach, they should say thank you because they're going to get a call from Tony after us. Um, right. Yeah. <laughs> I think we, I think we've quite literally lost like 15 to 20 names to Tony in the last kind of nine months. Wow. Crazy. Uh, yeah. But, but I mean, it just goes to show you, you guys are, you know, you got your ear to the ground. You, you, you know, you got, or you're trying to get the guys that, that people want. You're trying to get the guys that people are interested in. I mean, I'm a fan of them as well. Right. Um, you know, I, I, th- I think, I think people still love them. So, so, you know, based on the fan reactions they get in AEW, that's definitely the case now. Um, you know, I remember we were trying to get Regal, and that didn't work out either. Literally, I think like a week later, we saw Regal show up on on AEW, and um, <laughs> I was just texting my colleagues saying, "Well, there's there goes another one." <laughs> you know, add that to the to the board of you know Tony 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 kind of pickups. Um, you know, and, and and there are still a lot of good talent available on the market. You know, it's not to say you know that all the best talent have, you know are locked under WWE or AEW. Um, you know, there's still other other shows um, out there that don't kind of have like these kind of exclusivity contracts for imaging and, and licensing rights, etc. So we have been able to pick up some some good names as a result. Um, you know, it's just a bit it's just a bit harder when um, you know as soon as like I think I'm, I'm I don't know this for certain, but I'm pretty sure as soon as someone starts negotiating with AEW or WWE, they kind of have like a a holding contract to say you're not negotiating with anyone else. So, you know, we, we can't even um, uh, kind of try and, you know, lock a deal just before they go to AEW just because, um, you know, it, they, they'll find that agreement uh, beforehand, which, which kind of, you know, prevents it from doing that. Um, and also a lot of talent are worried about um, uh, AEW being upset, you know, or yeah, at them, or WWE being upset at them if they're if they don't have like their full licensing um, capabilities, you know, because it hurts the talent's brand as a result. Um, you know, we don't lock anyone into like an exclusive deal, but but you know, it, it doesn't help when you're appearing in other games here and there, um, even though you're locked into an exclusive deal with AEW. Um, you know, but having said all of that, you know, one thing we've been focusing on is like really kind of. Um, uh, being very kind of creative with our characters and our art, um, you know, um, not only have we made like you know um, a lot of kind of like a beautiful but over the top kind of clothing for for our characters, we've also made um, um, you know aliens, zombies, and apes uh, that you can play inside the game. Now, granted, you know it's you know it's a combat game. What the hell do aliens, zombies, and apes have got to do with anything? Um, you know, but again, it's just, it's a game, right? We don't want to take it seriously. We want to be a bit over the top and, and fun. Um, so we've been very deliberately focusing on creating like exciting characters that people would want to play. Um, you know, based on based on kind of um, you know creating compelling art and and visuals and designs and such. So that that'll hopefully make up with you know make up for the fact that you know our talent roster isn't quite like the WWE or AEW talent roster. Um, you know, but we've got some exciting people that you'd want to play with anyway. Yeah, that's pretty cool because you want to be able to have a you know good gameplay, 
make it fun for everybody but it's cool to have some names mixed in there and you know legends and guys that are just fun to play with yeah exactly you know and, and you know i'm a guy that we um i grew up playing um evolution soccer and for those of you who don't know that um that brand you know basically back in the day we still had fifa but fifa just wasn't that fun it wasn't that great no one really liked it and so all we played was pro evo and pro evo didn't have the license to get to getting all of the um the names for the clubs so instead of like manchester united it had like you know manchester divided for example um it wasn't quite like it wasn't quite like that in terms of the name but you get the idea um you know so and people still play that game you know no one cared about the fact that the the brands weren't there all they cared about was is this fun or not um and you know and for you know several years pro evo was the soccer game that you played and you bought you know and eventually um fifa managed to catch up in terms of gameplay pro evo was kind of lagging behind in terms of like new ideas and gameplay and you know fans started buying um fifa instead of pro evo you know but that, but that was a, a long journey for fifa to kind of get there um you know and, and our head you know our focus is let's just build a fun game people will come along you know that's all that matters build a fun game if it's fun it's addictive people enjoy it they're you know they want to play it again the ip will come along after, uh, afterwards as a result um you know once you've got the players when you look at it, what is like the wrestling metaverse like what what does that actually mean that's a good question um it depends on it depends on like what the word metaverse has been kind of overused nowadays quite heavily. Um, so if you mean the metaverse in the literal sense of what is it supposed to mean, or if you mean more in the sense of like, you know, what's your brand kind of thing, um, you know, because two of those kind of um, have different kind of meanings, right? Um, you know, metaverses in general, what they're supposed to be is kind of, um, uh, you know, online online ecosystems or environments that you know mean you can hang out in and kind of do anything in you know so our original concept you know um was around let's create essentially this metaverse where um any any wrestler could essentially um you know make make an nft or a character of themselves and basically put it into the game for fans to play right and then Fans can then take that, that character and uh, essentially take them into other games as well, right? So it was about basically creating like a character that's kind of um, interoperable between multiple games, um, you know. So it's, it's kind of like taking um, Mario and putting him into you know a soccer game or like the next Halo or the next Call of Duty. Um, you know, some people will want to do that because they like Mario the character; they get attached to that character. Um, you know, or whoops, uh, can you still hear me actually, John? Yeah, oh, yeah, awesome. My, my, my screen switched off there, so I was wondering what was going on. Um, so you know, that's what Midverse is kind of um, supposed to be like, you know, interoperable for your your character and your and your kind of um design. Um, you know, and and one of the you know, one of the deep kind of and powerful things about about them is um, when you start customizing your own character. Right, because then what ends up happening is you just start growing attached to that character, right? It's like customizing your own clothing or gear. Um, 
you know, or, or like if you played World of Warcraft or, you know, Guild Wars, you know, or even like Skyrim um, or Dragon Age, etc. You know, you spend a lot of time or you could spend a lot of time customizing your character and, you know, making them look and feel uh, like you or like your online identity that, you know, you, you kind of wanted to have um, and wanted the world to see. And then you, you kind of grow attached to that online identity. Um, you know, I, I certainly remember growing up, I was um, trying to make the same character in almost like every game. You know, I wanted a tall guy with long hair, you know, a big beard and kind of, you know, rugged look. You know, I'd make that in my wrestling games. I'd make that in my um, my MMO games and my RPG games, etc. cetera. Um, you know, and, and what the metaverse is supposed to do is allow you to make that character once and then allow you to move that character to any game. So th that, that was kind of like the original premise of, of the wrestling metaverse that we, we kind of originally set out is um, allow fans to kind of, you know, make their perfect wrestler. They can play them in this game um, or if they want, they can kind of take that wrestler and move it to other games. And also other people that are, you know, maybe in non-wrestling games can bring their, their non-wrestling characters into our game. Um, and their character can become a wrestler inside of our game. So the whole idea was, you know, maybe one day in the future you could get Master Chief, or um, you know, or um, you know, Joanna Dark from from Perfect Dark, or Conqueror's Bad Fur Day, or Mario coming into the wrestling metaverse and being a playable character. Uh, with, you know, that looks exactly like that. Um, so that's that's kind of what the metaverse is supposed to be, and, and what we were trying to do kind of back then. Um, that's still our goal today, but we've just kind of rebranded Smashverse um, to focus on kind of combat in general. It still has a big wrestling theme to it. We still have real, you know, wrestlers inside the game as well. Uh, but you know, it's not it's not like the the kind of only focus when it comes to combat. You know, we've got MMA and boxing kind of in there as well. When you look at it, like okay, it's like it's the metaverse. I mean, that's so cool. Like let's say Master Chief from Halo is in the game. I mean, I mean, like stuff like that is so cool. So like right now, it looked like there was like different characters from wherever. Are those just made up characters, or are those like licensed characters from video games that are that are in Smashverse? So right now they're all made up characters. You know, they're ones that we've designed um, internally with our own art team. That's all our own IP um, that we've been kind of building. Um, over time, we will get, you know, IP from from existing games, etc. Um, you know, and we have also designed characters, you know, of Al Snow and, and Scarlet and Bardot, etc. I think we've released some of their 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 kind of character art um, on, on Twitter as well. I can share that with you afterwards. Um, yeah, so that, that's kind of where we are at this stage. Very cool thing. Only thing like to me that is just confusing, just in general though, like what does it have to do with like crypto and NFTs and like obviously I don't like the gaming part, but maybe I'm uh, a layman to this all. But what is like the connection with everything? What is like your connection? Like, is it just you use NFTs, right? The guy or the playable characters become NFTs? Like, is crypto how you purchase the game? Like, just to, if you could somehow uh, explain that to me uh, as a layman here. Yeah, uh, I mean, that's, that's a good question, John, you know, and it's one that um, I think we as an industry need to get better at explaining because a, a lot of people think, oh, NFTs are a scam or crypto are a scam, you know, and I'm, you know, I'm here to say, you know, sometimes that is true, right? Not all the time, but sometimes that is true. You know, they're just like any 
any industry or any space out there, there's always kind of, you know, nefarious actors trying to, you know, put us in our wallet, you know, um, from each other. Um, you know, so so for us, um, uh, you know, what we find powerful about NFTs is that they can kind of create digital scarcity, right? Where, you know, if you make a character um, and convert it into an NFT, you can, you know, you as a developer can decide how many of those NFTs can be created, right? For all time. So, you know, for example, for us, um, you know, our first kind of collection that we're launching that has 7,500 NFTs. Um, and the whole kind of premise behind that is that these are the kind of um, smash verse originals. These are like the, the kind of um, first generation of characters to, that will ever exist. You know, they won't be like another generation of the first generation. Um, you, you know, and, and this first generation, um, they have a very specific look, very specific feel. Uh, they also have very specific movesets inside the game as well. Um, and, you know, they also have like other kind of properties that basically, um, you know, make them somewhat kind of valuable and exciting to, to buy and own. Um, and the whole premise behind this is, is that, you know, that these characters are essentially like your digital skins, right? So very similar to like Fortnite, you can customize your skin and kind of, you know, change it about, um, you know, and, and I'm sure, you know, um, for those of you who have kids, you you know, you've probably seen, you know, your the kind of credit card statement saying your, your, your kids have spent X much money on Fortnite and you're wondering what mm -hmm. the heck are they spending that money on? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, chances are they're customizing their Fortnite character to, to another skin. Um, you know, so these NFTs are a bit similar. You know, so whilst you can play our game for free with like a base character um, like you can in, in, in Fortnite, um, if you want to kind of customize it and give it a bit of a special look and feel, you have to basically um, uh, purchase an NFT, which is essentially a digital skin. Now, you know, one thing that's always bothered me about Fortnite um, and other games as well that have done this, like Halo, um, for example, is um, there's no limit to the number of skins they can sell. So they can sell you 100,000, they can sell 100,000 users the same skin for $10. So you might be buying a skin that you think is really unique and really cool, um, but because because there's no limit for how many can be sold, essentially uh, the, the Fortnite developers can just kind of print money whilst in a weird way, your skin starts to kind of feel less and less relevant the more people buy it, which is why you have kids buying new skins every every few months is because they're trying to, you know, they're trying to um, stay cool and stay different um, ahead of the curve from everyone else. Um, you know, and, and what ends up happening sometimes is as well as... Um, Fortnite will put a discount on the skin um, the next month. So whilst you might have bought it in March for for ten dollars in in April, Fortnite might have said, "Well, we're going to put it down to five dollars." And then you're like, "Well, what the heck? I just paid ten dollars for it last month. You've all of a sudden made it half price now. Everyone's got one." Um, and you know what NFTs allow allow us to do as developers, and and how it benefits players and users is that you know. As a developer, we can say there's only going to be 7,500 of those. Um, players can verify that there's only 7,500 of those by looking on the blockchain, um, you know, which essentially acts as like an open ledger. So you can see all 7,500 of those of those NFTs, and you can see who owns them. And you know that there's not going to be 7,501, right? Because the limit has been set, and it can never be changed afterwards. Um, 
that's the whole point of kind of like the blockchain and and kind of um you know nfts and transparency that they bring to the network um so what that means as a player is that you know you've got a rare nft or a rare skin that you you know that you're confident that no one else is going to have um or you're confident that basically no more than 7500 people are going to have um it just depends on the game um so that's kind of what's exciting about the blockchain to me is that it just is this kind of scarcity kind of angle via nfts um you know and, and players can also resell that 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 skin slash nft when they want to um so unlike in fortnite where you know once you buy that skin that's it there's really no kind of resellability for that skin um you know and in fortnite don't want you to resell the skin either because they keep selling the skin for ten dollars well they don't want you to resell it for like five to be able to buy a different skin um so you know with nfts you can actually resell it if you a decide you know you want a new skin b because you're bored of the game or c if you just want to make a bit of money and then and, and do something with that money um so you know it, in a weird way like it gives players more control than they've had before with um you know kind of like traditional games and and to me that's really exciting as um as both a player and also as a as a kind of a builder of the game as well yeah that's the thing like my son on roblox somebody else had like the same thing so he had to change it because he didn't want to look exactly like you know the, the like his cousin or whoever he's playing with or his friend so that is true when with those games they oversell certain things that look cool and they become not cool because everybody has it yeah, and boom! Before you know it, you're gonna spend another twenty, thirty dollars on a, on, a, on another skin, another skin. It's yep. like this endless cycle um, that just keeps happening. That is so true, but that is cool that you know you kind of think of it. It's got to be more unique. Like it's got to be, you know, one off or whatever. But it, 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 if it's a skin, it's got to be your skin. So that that's that's a cool concept. I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Thank, thank you. Um, yeah, you know, and and. Uh, it's funny because the space just gets such a bad rep when actually, you, you know, and I, and I was skeptical of NFTs first as well. You know, I this time last year, I was incredibly skeptical of, of NFTs. You know, I, I wasn't kind of convinced until about, you know, early October, um, you know, so it was about a solid six months between last March and kind of like mid, mid September, early October, where I was just like, what the heck is this? Um, and then, you know, after doing a bit more research, et cetera, I kind of realized, you know, the um, the potential of them, and in a weird way, I was very glad. I was skeptical because it just allowed me to do that research and dive deeper and have a better understanding of the um, of the space, um, you know. And and now it's easier for me to kind of like, you know, speak to people that are skeptical or don't quite understand it, and just let them know, like, this is my journey and how I went through it, you know. And you know, there's and there's no like right or wrong analysis of of nfts or crypto you know we've all got our own opinions and thoughts you know and and, and that's fine but um you know it's just it's just interesting to to see the the skepticism despite the impact and the potential the space has to kind of address some of the issues um players have with with games and and microtransactions and skins etc when you look at just nfts in general and crypto and stuff like why is it's like fluctuating so much. Like you said, it was kind of going down. Is there a reason behind that? And is there going to be a surge back up? Yeah. Uh, 
you know, crypto is, you know, because it's a public market in the sense that anyone can buy and sell it. Um, you know, we've essentially got public prices and, and order books, um, you know, somewhat similar to like, um, you know, the stock market with like order books and prices, you know, and, and whilst crypto is volatile, like I, ironically, it's I don't think it's any more or less volatile than um, the stock market. You know, some stocks are down 70 percent on the year. Um, I think Netflix is down something like, you know, 70, 80, 90 percent on the year. Amazon's down a stupid amount on the year. Um, but no one kind of talks about that. You know, we talk about crypto going down 15 percent, you know, on, you know, on, you know, on the week or the month or whatever. But we, we you know, Tesla crashed the other week. Sorry, not the other week, but um, the other month Tesla crashed, you know, in one day. It was like, I think, crashed like 20 percent. Um, you know, I think that got picked up a little bit. But, um, but yeah, you know, like that volatility is just kind of normal. You know, we've got um, some countries going through some severe inflation. We've got some some kind of uh, countries going through recession. Um, you know, and, and every now and again, you do get like a Lehman Brothers situation as well, where, you know, they're over leveraged because they've, um, sorry, they're under leveraged um, because they've, they've um, you know, borrowed too much money or under leveraged, over leveraged. Actually, no. Um, basically, they've borrowed too much money and they don't have enough capital to be able to kind of um, pay back their loans and their debt. So what ends up happening is they, they end up getting call, um, margin called or liquidated for their funds. You know, it's like when your bank when you can't pay your mortgage and your bank basically takes your house, right? That, that happens in the banking sector where, you know, if certain banks can't pay their debts, then other banks or other lenders end up just, you know, taking all their assets, um, we, we have a similar thing in crypto where, you know, there are like a couple of um, cryptocurrency uh, hedge. Whoops. Um, yeah, we have the same thing Sorry in crypto where there's like, no worries. Um, we, we have a few things in crypto that are similar where, you know, there's like these kind of cryptocurrency hedge funds slash banks where, you know, they were borrowing loads of capital and, you know, uh, crypto prices were going down and they didn't have enough money to pay to pay um pay their loans back and then they ended up getting margin calls you know it's it's um it's just quite funny to see the stock market and the crypto market just kind of you know play out in similar ways um you know in, in that regard just because a lot of the people um from the stock market have moved into crypto just because it's, it's a bit more of a, a glamorous industry um so you're, you're getting those similar types of um ups and downs you know going on that, that you did uh, in stocks back in the day, so yeah, that's that's the reason. You know, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say it's like not much different compared to the the kind of stock market in in terms of like volatility. Yeah, it's crazy. Like the, the market yeah. kind of uh, I don't know. To me, it was like oh, it's so hot, and now it's so cold. It's just crazy the way it fluctuated. Yeah, and, and you know, and uh, this is the time. It's you know, this goes back to like my earlier comments at the start of the podcast. You know, this is the time to build. And, you know, for some people that are also um, buyers in the space, like, you know, where they're, they're trying to, you know, invest and buy some, buy some kind of assets to, to kind of, um, you know, profit from later, um, this is the perfect time to buy, right? Because it's cooled off. No one's paying attention to it. Prices are low. Um, you know, this is like the acc accumulation period that they call it. You know, it's, you know, I've, I personally, I'm not saying everyone should buy. Um, I'm just saying, like, generally speaking, in my belief, this is the time to buy. Um, you know, again, this is not financial advice either to anyone. 
you know, I'm just kind of sharing more my thoughts around it. Um, you know, in a similar with stock market as well, right? Like, you know, Amazon's really cheap, yet people are, people are like, meh, you know, why buy now? You know, Tesla's very cheap. People are like, meh, why buy now? Um, it, it's weird how psychology works. You know, we're all trying to um, follow into Amazon, Tesla, or, or Apple when, you know, stocks are going up, you know, every single week, etc. cetera. Um, you know, but when stocks are at kind of like almost an all-time low and, and really cheap to buy and, and kind of good deals, we're kind of ignoring them, um, you know, and, and that's, that's kind of like, you know, psychology and human nature of things, right? Um, yeah, but yeah, you know, that's, that's kind of like how it's playing out at the moment in terms of like, you know, industry being, the, the theme being hot versus the theme being cold. You, you just kind of, it's weird, but you also need these periods of um, quiet, um, just because, you know, capital needs to reset um there's so much uncertainty to do with like um the economy etc you, you know so it's it's not not surprising you know that we're experiencing so much volatility so just to kind of get away from that for just a second just was curious like when did you become a wrestling fan how did you become a wrestling fan like what was your first promotion or maybe first wrestler you kind of fell in love with like that always intrigues me maybe the most ah uh, um my first show I watched, I think it was 96, 97, 98. It was um, Edge and um, Sable versus um, Mark Murrow and Jacqueline. I, th- I can't remember. I think that was SummerSlam or or Backlash or No Way Out. I can't remember. Um, basically, yeah, they, they, both of them have teamed up to fight, to, fight, to fight each other. That was the first match I ever saw. And... You know, I, I was pretty much hooked instantly. I just sat down and I watched the whole match. I watched the rest of the card. And then every Friday onwards, basically, um, you know, I think it was Friday night. I think it was every Friday night onwards. I was there to watch to watch wrestling. Um, interesting enough, just, you know, whilst WWE or WWF at the time was the first ever thing that I saw, um, uh, because that was like a one-off pay-per-view event or, or I don't know what it was, but you know, my uncle had had it on on the TV, but um, we didn't have the channel that showed the WWF. So the only thing that we could actually watch was WCW. So you know, oh, wow. every Friday after, yeah, every Friday after that, I was I was actually just watching WCW. So um, you know, and, and I'm quite happy. I, I felt like that was the better brand to watch at the time. Um, looking back at it, um, you know, but I grew up, you know, watching um, Sting, Goldberg. Um, you know, I, I saw obviously the the NWO feud, you know, and kind of you know Nash taking the the finger poke of doom, um, you know, and the, and then I grew up all through the the implosion of WWE as well, which was you know still still sad to this day. The band kind of died, um, you know, and and I, I kind of fell out of wrestling um, for for quite a number of years. Ended up just getting into MMA instead. Um, you know, I would still watch kind of some of the major pay-per-views, but I would just never watch it weekly like I did back when I was a kid. Um, and then I ended up discovering AEW. Um, I watched the the Double or Nothing buy-in from 2019. And I think I watched, I think I watched it like the first day it was on YouTube. I, I don't even know how I came across it, but I just did on YouTube. And I decided, screw it, I'll, I'll play it. And... You know, I think I think like it was Luchasaurus at the start, and um, 
they had MJF at the start as well in, in the ring. And there was a couple other guys in, in the ring at the start. And I just thought, huh, this looks funny. Okay, let, let, you know, let's watch. And then since then, I've been watching AEW every single week, you know, on a Wednesday night. You know, and then obviously they launched Rampage. I watched a bit of Dark every now and again. Um, I stopped watching Dark after they released Dark Elevation just because we just got too much. But but yeah, you know, I'm now, you know, 30 hours a week glued to wrestling. Um, I don't watch WWE as much. I just, you know, AEW just reminds me of WCW uh, in terms of like just the, the look, the feel, the feuds, the personalities. Um, and that's what I grew up with, you know, so it's, and I'm and I'm not the only guy like this, you know. I, there's a lot of other kind of wrestling fans that I know who were turned off by the sport for for many years, you know, and, and kind of stopped watching. Who have come back because of AEW, um, you know. So it's quite quite uh, you know, I'm quite thankful for the brands kind of you know rekindling this um, uh, you know, like um, you know, uh, hobby or, or kind of like you know, young 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 love that uh, you know of the of, of the sport. Man, it's funny because it's like wrestling nowadays, it's so much more available, but obviously less people watch it. It's not as popular as it was, like when you were saying, when you, you started out. But there's so many more options today. I don't know. I always find that interesting. It's like, wow, there's so many more shows to watch of wrestling, but it's not as popular as it was when there was like less on almost. It's crazy how that works out, but I guess the niche audience is there and they could pay money. Like it, when those fans are into it, I mean, they really, really spend and spend time. Yeah, it's weird, right? Like, you know, wrestling uh, viewership has gone down, judging by TV kind of, um, um, you, you know, TV viewers. But but WWE is making more money than it ever has before. Yep. You know, obviously there's there's online content to thank for that now, right? Which we don't quite get in the the TV ratings these days. Um, you know, but but yeah, you know, I. I, I couldn't tell you if wrestling is less popular generally compared to 20 years ago, you know, because the data is just not really there. Um, you, you know, like for example, um, in India and Pakistan, you know, wrestling was extremely popular in the nineties and the early two thousands. It's just that no one was collecting that data ever back then for those, for those kind of area, for those kind of areas. And, you know, a lot of us, we would watch um, wrestling there on like VHS basically you know, there'd be like old bootleg, you know, uh, video copies. And then eventually it was like bootleg DVDs, et cetera, instead. Um, you know, when YouTube came out, or we had like LimeWire or Kazaa, which were like these kind of, um, you know, internet sharing kind of tools for files. Um, you know, like people in India, Pakistan, my cousin Zero, they would, they would stream wrestling all the time. But no one was looking at that in terms of like data and, and market growth. Um, now India is, you know, WWE's second biggest market all of a sudden. So, you know, they're all eyes are on it, etc. You know, they found out that wrestling is more popular than cricket in India, which is which is insane. You know, that's like it's like saying wrestling is more popular than the NFL. You, you know, like like it gets more shows than the Super Bowl. Um, um, you know, so I I don't know if like wrestling's become less popular generally or more popular. Um, you know, just because like there were there were fans, you know, all across the world for wrestling in nineties and the two thousands. We just weren't collecting that information, um, and and now we are. You know, and we can kind of see the revenue kind of being captured as a result. But I don't I don't know if 
um, if the industry is growing or not, or if it's grown, you know. Um, yeah, you know, I hope it's grown. You know, so it's it's a fun sport. It's it's you know, there's a lot of theatrics. There's a lot of learnings you can have as a viewer and as a kid. Um, and I think AEW is going to help it grow by just kind of you know bringing people like me back into the game and you know getting me to watch it again, and then I share it with other people. Um, Etc. That you know that might have been turned off by it back in the day, or never considered wrestling as something to watch. But but you know AEW is just a bit fun and exciting, and why not? The thing is, it's like wow, it's like less people are watching, uh, whether it's AEW or WWE, whatever you want to say. Like, but those people are so invested. It's like they'll still have sellout shows. Like you said, they're worth billions. WWE is worth more than they've ever been worth. So the fans they do have are so invested. That you know they want games, they want T-shirts, they want you know whatever it is. Po- uh, those little um, I was gonna call them pogs, they're not pogs. <laughs> they're little uh, little toys, like little action figures, like the, the mini guys, and they have to get the big guys. Like it's crazy how it just invested they are into the business, even though less people are watching. The people that are watching are spending more than ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know it's down to love, right? Simple as that, yeah. You know, don't love the stuff. I think that's what I um, um, what I see, you know. And I, I um, you know, I, I never spent that much money in wrestling, you know, as a kid because you know it was obviously my mom and dad's money. Now that I'm growing up, um, you know, I, I pay for WWE's little subscription thing. You know, I just watch, <laughs> I just watch the 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 Attitude Era kind of um, uh, SmackDowns and Raws. I don't even watch any of the new stuff. Um, you know, but I, I pay for obviously um, the fight pass on uh, for AEW. I, I think I've bought every single AEW um, pay per view ever. Uh, you know, so you know, I'm, I'm, I don't quite buy the t shirts and stuff, but I know a lot of other people that do. Um, you know, some of the athletes and, and wrestlers that I've been speaking to as well. You know, you know, one of them was saying that he made um, five thousand dollars a year doing the indies in the US, um, but he would make sixty thousand dollars a year from from basically selling t-shirts and signatures and autographs and, and pictures and like getting tips from fans you know so the fans would literally pay him 12 times more than the um the shows would pay him you know and he just saw shows as like a marketing tool to like promote his brand and get and get his face out there and get his kind of uh, name out there you know, and, and he got paid to do that. You know, it wasn't a lot of money, but, you know, that 5K basically paid sometimes, you know, for like some travel and maybe a hotel somewhere and some booze. But really, like, you know, the, the money that kind of, you know, paid the real bills and, and the living, etc. you know, that, that came from, you know, the fans basically buying merch and stuff, um, which just goes to show, right? Like the, um, um, you know, without the audience, without the people that kind of care about the, the industry, you know, um, the rest of wouldn't be here as a result. When you really like look at just like the the landscape of like the business and stuff, I've talked to guys and it's like, yeah, you know, I make do okay in the indies, but I bought a car on all the merch money. It's like, oh my god, <laughs> like bought a car, like you know what I mean? You think about stuff like that, and you're like, wow, like some of them do really well selling the pictures and the autographs and like the, the you know, the other stuff. So I was just thinking, I was like, wow, that's pretty impressive. Like just on merch money alone, this guy's buying cars. Boom. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, the, the margins are pretty decent, you know, um, you, you, 
you get a shirt that's printed, you know, 500 times, cost you maybe $10 per print for the shirt. You sell it for like 30 bucks, cost you a couple of bucks to mail it to someone or just sell it in the shows. You know, that's 3x your, your money, right? You're making $20 margin. You sell 10 of those a night, it's $200. It's not, not, not a huge amount of money, but it starts adding up when you count the autographs and, you know, and the other stuff that's thrown as well. Um, you know, which is what, why you see kind of um, new t-shirts, you know, every, every other week, you know, that AEW are kind of promoting, you know, um, I'm pretty sure punks come out with a new shirt almost <laughs> almost every month. Yeah, that's true. Like, I, a guy, I can only imagine what he makes on merch because they were selling when he, they were saying when he came back last year that his shirt was one of the best sellers that uh, Pro Wrestling Tees ever had. And obviously, everybody's on Pro Wrestling Tees if you're anybody as far as the business. So, I mean, that's pretty damn impressive, like, as far as the amount of t shirts sold. So, just imagine him. He's, I mean, he's buying houses with that merch money. Forget, forget cars. He's probably buying houses. Yeah, yeah. I was trying to buy a punk t-shirt back then. You know, I don't even buy shirt, shirts that much. But you know, um, you know, I, I, yeah. So I'm not surprised his um his merch is is flying off the shelves. So just in general, like now, it's like so you're pretty much an AEW guy, and you were a WCW guy. I mean, pretty much, right? Not really a WWE fan per se. Uh, I mean, you know, it's weird. I just um. I like WWE as a, as a brand. I still think they're important for the industry. You know, I think, you know, people like Hunter and, and, and kind of um, Stephanie are, are great in, for the sport. Um, you know, and they've got some really good talent in there as well, right? You can't deny, you know, um, um, it's got some, you know, they've got, you know, people like Ricochet is just bloody phenomenal, um, you know, and you know, Kopi's still there and, you know, a couple of the other kind of, you know, old school kind of guys are still there doing their thing. Um, you know, but it's just, um, it's, I feel like it's aimed at a different audience and different genre, you know, like the, it feels more kind of um, aimed at kind of, um, you know, the younger demographic, etc. cetera, um, you know, which is fine. And it's not to say that AEW doesn't attract the younger demographic. I think it does, but, you know, it puts on a show more for kind of, um, you know the the kind of like middle age demographic, right? You know people people like myself who are kind of maybe in you know mid twenties, early thirties, you know, etc. Um, you know, it, it, it resonates with me because it ca- it caught me at the right age. Uh, you know, where I was a WWE, w, I was a WCW guy when I was a kid, and watching AEW basically just felt like you know WCW but modern day. So it, it's just kind of you know that kind of copy paste. You know, um, it, and not to say it's, it's not innovative and not different, it, it absolutely is, but you know, that type of feeling and the kind of like looking, looking vibe, um, that AEW has just you know attracts me a bit, a bit more as a, as a fan. When you look at like just the landscape of wrestling in general, you think that the video game market is just like huge popping or even ready to explode because. When WWE puts out games, there's so much attention. The commercials, everybody's buying. You know, like the bonus characters they can play. Or I think the NWO one year was, was like the bonus that they could buy. Do you think that it's like ready to pop? It's popping, or it, it can only kind of get higher and higher because AEW is coming out with games now too. Uh, good question, actually. Um, you know, I think the market it's it's just a bit weird. It's it's you know one. You know, it's somewhat small because, you know, really, 
you know, the fans of, you know, wrestling fans are going to buy wrestling games, right? You don't see, like, someone that doesn't like, um, you know, the NFL by, by Madden, you know? So, so you know, the games are only going to be as popular as wrestling is. They're never going to be more popular, um, you know, kind of thing. Right, so that's just something I'm I'm acutely aware of, which is, is one of the reasons we kind of branded to um, match first, and you know, and, and focused more on kind of combat sports more widely, um, as opposed to to wrestling only, right? Just because um the the industry, whilst it is still really really big, the market for games may may not be as as big for you know indie developers like us to kind of um you know launch our launch our title and and, and become sustainable. You know, especially because you know a lot of fans will just buy the the WWE or, or the AEW game just because that's you know that's where all the marketing is that's where like the 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 brands are and and the kind of like names are as well um, you know so I think it, it is gonna grow a little bit with AEW releasing their game you know I don't think AEW is gonna take sales away from WWE I think both games. Are you know like the WWE 2K series are going to live and I kind of grow, um, irrespective of what AEW does, and I think AEW games are going to do a good job irrespective of what happens with WWE as well. Um, you know, and you know where we sit is you know we're, we're kind of positioning ourselves more as just the a combat game, right, a brawl game. You know, so more aligned with Tekken, Super Smash Bros, Mortal Kombat than with kind of wrestling or. Um, you know, wrestling the AEW and, and kind of WWE games, um, you know, so we're hoping to appeal to a wider genre, a wider audience, um, you know, to make sure we're, we're kind of um, attracting enough players and, and, and kind of, um, you know, um, um, eyes to the, to, the, to the brand. As we head for the wind down here, we start to head towards the finish. You said No Mercy was probably the best, your favorite or the best game, or was there another game that was your favorite just video game for wrestling of all time? I mean, I'd be hard pressed to choose between No Mercy and WWE Attitude or WWF Attitude. I don't know why Attitude wasn't as popular as 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 it was. You know, I, I very rarely see it on like top ti- top five kind of lists or top ten lists. You know, it's always uh, No Mercy, Here Comes the Pain. Um, WrestleMania 2000, those type of games, you know, and and some of the old older classic games on the SNES. Um, yeah, you know, you know, both of those games, I would say, WWF Attitude and No Mercy. You know, I I put them on the same same kind of tier. What is or not what? Who is your favorite all time wrestler? Uh, uh, I couldn't. I couldn't give you an exact name because I've got favorite wrestlers for different reasons and for different years, you, you know? Um, so I couldn't give you like an all time either. Right. I think that would just be unfair to all the other amazing wrestlers that, that kind of, um, uh, you know, came and went and, and I still are in, in the sport. Um, you know, I, I was inspired a lot by, um, you know, um, Sting growing up, you know, he was like the, the good guy trapped in a bad guy world, you know, fighting those kind of demons, whatever they were, hence the, uh, the kind of pro look, um, you know, and then I read Sting's kind of, um, um, uh, story on, oh, I can't remember what the website was called now. Um, you know, 
it was the one that Eddie Kingston was on as well, and, and kind of like gave like a really deep look into a players' tribune. Yes, that's the one, you know. And then you know, reading what Sting went through in the nineties, um, you know, when, you know, missing his family, being away from home, etc. Um, you know, that was a that was a heartbreaking read, and, and now it all makes kind of sense as as to like you know why he was like that type of character, right? Um, so you know, my, like my online picture, like my you know, is actually um, uh, me with face paint. You know, like my my cartoon picture. Um, you know, so it's a bit, bit of like inspiration from Sting there. You know, but then you know, my name is the People's Degen, right? Like that's my kind of like um, uh, showman name, as you as you want to put it. Um, you know, that's obviously inspired by by The Rock, who used to be called the People's Champ. Um, you know, I, you know, I, I really like what the did for the sport. You know, he was just, you know, very funny, very characteristic. Um, but he was also really good in the ring. He was always very professional as well. Um, you, you know, he never really had any like controversies about him. You know, I thought he was just an all round kind of uh, class act. You know, um, I, I, you know, I, I love Chris Jericho, and I, you know, growing up, I remember watching him all the way from WCW to to kind of WWF. You know, I actually watched Jericho's um, uh, debut debut video, um, uh, you know, every couple of months just because it's so funny. Um, yeah, you know, and then and then even more recently, you know, you've you've got people like Hangman, Penny, um, you know, obviously Daniel Bryanson as well. Um, you know, it's, it's hard to pick a favorite, but I'm just kind of giving you a flavor of like reasons why I think certain people are are important to me and and you know you know and why I connect with them. When you just look at the wrestling metaverse, Smashverse, what do you see in the future? Like, what's next? Yeah, next, uh, you know, we'll be revealing some of the the bigger wrestling brands that we've got um, over the over the kind of coming weeks. You know, some some people that we've been kind of talking to and, and kind of working with for you know six, seven, eight months now, and, and not revealed yet to the to the kind of um, wider world. Um, you know, and we are actually going to be um, selling our first kind of um, collection of um, you know Smash Bros. NFTs. That'll be happening in September. Um, so I'm quite excited about that just because, you know, people will finally be able to kind of own one of their kind of playable characters, um, you, you know, which, which is a big deal for us and, you know, big deal for, for kind of the community that we've got as well. Um, yeah, I think the other kind of two things that are, that are next are really exciting for us. Um, you know, and if anyone wants to check, check us out, just go on our website. It's called um, smashverse.com. And the official like release release is that, is that going to be in September? Uh, that'll be December. So oh, December. Okay. We've got yeah, yeah. So we've got kind of um a couple of um I can only call them like mini games or, or like um activities planned for um you know anyone that kind of buys our, our NFTs um in September. You know, so you know, or, or actually the best way we call it is um uh, digital digital theater. You know, we've got a bit of a story going on within the Smashverse that we'll be sharing um, between September and December to keep people entertained. You know, very, um, very heavily inspired by by various wrestling feuds, um, and, and and you know, um, quite, quite excited to be revealing that as 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 it happens. 
Oh, I like that because to me, the best thing in wrestling are the feuds. I mean, that's what really kind of hooks me anyway as a fan. The, the feuds are the best. Yeah, exactly right. So, um, yeah, we've been, we've been putting a lot of attention to, to the drama that we can create uh, as part of as part of the game. Now, before we let you go, I know you gave us the website, but give us all the social media and where everybody can find you and Smashverse. Awesome. Um, yeah, you know, um, thanks very much, John, for your time. We really appreciate it. It's been really exciting sharing more of the journey, um, you know, with you and, and chatting wrestling with you. And where is the, like, all the socials and stuff? Just just to give everybody ah. them again? Sure, yeah. So on Twitter, we are known as Smashverse underscore XYZ. Um, and then on Instagram, we're literally the same, Smashverse underscore XYZ. Um, and then on on um, on the internet, you can just find us on, on our website, which is smashverse.com. Um, if anyone uses Discord, you can just go on discord.gg forward slash smashverse. Um, you know, you can you can find us all there. Um, if anyone wants to say hi to me or ask me any questions, just find me on Twitter. I'm uh, the People's Dgen, all one word. Right, River, the people's DJ. Thank you so much for all the time today. I really appreciate it and really learning more about this game. Really looking forward to it coming out. Awesome. Thanks very much, Sean. Take care. This has been a John Paz Power Trip production in conjunction with the Two Man Power Trip of Wrestling. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Two Man Power Trip. You can check us out on Facebook. You can subscribe on YouTube. You can go to patreon.com slash tmptempire to become a patron and also check out the website tmptempire.com and buy a shirt at prowrestlingtees.com. Two-man power trip where the power lies, brother.